me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If you make light bearers, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do I? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Earlier this week, as I started writing this sermon, um, I planned to start with uh, this scripture passage. And I, I planned to, I'd written these words earlier in the week um, because this is the, the city on a hill passage. This is a scripture passage that's been co-opted by lots of American politicians over the years. In other translations, this is the great city on a hill passage, and we have lots of interpretations over the years, not just in American politics, about what this means. Um, That's part of what I like about the message interpretation, because it takes that out of the equation as we work to understand what it means for us today. When I wrote those words, I didn't know that as the week went on, Scripture would be used loosely, used uh, to defend, in other ways, to defend certain political decisions and behaviors. We've seen this week in the name of Christ, in the name of the Spirit, uh, Scripture co-opted this week. Now, this is not a political sermon. I'm not telling you who to vote for and who not to vote for. But I am speaking specifically of the name of Christianity being co-opted for what would some would say are American values. May no mistake, it's, it's their American values that prop up their idea of America. We call this Christian nationalism. It's where we put the worship of power, the worship of our political leaders, the worship of our flag above our God. You can love your country, your flag, your political leaders, but when that love gets caught up in an an inappropriate way with your worship of God, that is the problem. God, Christianity, scripture all speak to who we are as a nation, but who we are as a nation doesn't sum up what God, Christianity, and scripture have to say. Our faith, our worship should be bigger than just our country. I'm calling us this morning back to being salt and light, back to bringing out the God colors of the world. One of my favorite commentators on scripture, Caroline Lewis, said in a post that she wrote back in January 2017 uh, about her participation in the Women's March that took place that month. These words. The Women's March was many things for me, but one thing was certain. It may have been the first time in my life that I truly believed Jesus's words. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. 
Not that I didn't believe Jesus, but that I didn't believe he believed in me. I will no longer stand by and let the gospel be taken over by those who seem to have a louder voice. I will no longer hide under a bush, afraid of what people might think. I will not get over it. I will not succumb to this too shall pass. I will not let others tell me I am making a bigger deal of things. To be consoled by, he didn't really mean it. To be placated by, it's just words. To be made to believe that what I think or what others think or or who I am or who others are is qualitatively less. Nor will I allow myself to be excused by my privilege. So I marched. I marched for the gospel I believe in, the gospel that tells me I am enough and insists that others are as well. The gospel that says God needs me to be the salt of the earth. For the gospel does not censor. It does not silence the already oppressed. It does not cast suspicion on those who are other. It does not act out of fear. It does not bar membership. It does not legislate inclusion. It does not look aside and say that God's earth isn't hurting. It does not ban the perceived outsider. It does not build walls to keep others out. Now, I know that not all of us protest. Uh, That's how we're salt and light. I know some of you have mixed feelings about the wave of protests that happen. But salt and light are needed in other places, too, in all of the places. This scripture that we've just read is part of the larger Sermon on the Mount, which is called that literally because Jesus gives a sermon on a mountain. And in it, he teaches a lot of really important, just basic tenets of what it should be to be a Christian. This scripture actually follows immediately what we call the Beatitudes, or again, the attitudes that you should be. Um, <laughs> this is what the Beatitudes are, uh, say in the message. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With the less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel lost, uh, when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get in, get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete and fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. These are the things that make us salt and light. Not power, not looking down on others, not being self-righteous. 
Notice that this scripture says no one, no one, even God lights a lamp and, and puts it under a bushel. Now, growing up, when I heard that, I thought about the, the big bushel baskets on my granddaddy's farm, or maybe you can think about if you didn't grow up on a farm, which I mean, I did not grow up on a farm, but my granddaddy had them in his barn, um, like the big baskets that you see at the farmer's market, and, and they have holes in them, so light still shines through. Jesus, though, here is talking about something that covers the light completely, rendering it useless. The candle is still burning, but the covering means no one can tell. I fear that in our pursuit of power, in our pursuit of what we deem as right, we have covered up our light with a bushel. It cheapens the message of the gospel when we just make it about America. It cheapens scripture when we make it about our flag and and the spirit of freedom we find in God for whatever current definition of freedom we find here in America. This is a week where I feel overwhelmed by the news. We have shootings, murder, grabs for power, Christian leaders failing publicly and lying about it, two hurricanes, government agencies putting politics above the people that they're supposed to serve, virtual learning, and we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And the truth is, though, these scriptures are for just this kind of moment to speak to our overwhelmed selves, to speak to those who mourn, those who are overcome with anxiousness and brokenness of the world, those who are just trying to make it through another day because the season just is what it is. Everywhere needs salt and light. The world needs those who will speak up, march, run for office, and protest. But the world also needs parents who teach their kids to be loving of everyone, no matter their religion or the color of their skin. The world needs teachers and and other adults who love children well, who believe in them. The world needs encouraging coworkers, those who will listen to the difficult time that others are having. The world needs those who write an encouraging card and note. The world needs more non-angry drivers. (laughs) The world needs spouses and partners who love each other unconditionally and model that for the world. The world needs people who are more kind to store and, and restaurant employees and others who are just likely making minimum wage trying to get by. The world needs people who will wear a mask because they care for the safety of others beyond their own comfort. The world needs people who are willing, even just in moments, to bring lightness, laughter, and levity to an otherwise really heavy world. Another commentator said this scripture calls us to live as salt and light right now, not in the future sometime, but but right now. And then she uses the, the words of this scripture and says, she calls us as Christians to live tasty and lit up. Now, I know those words have and phrases have lots of different cultural connotations, but but I like that live tasty and lit up. And in case it feels weird, to start uh, to turn a, a sermon that started with Christian nationalism to end with writing cards and adding levity to the world. 
I think this is exactly what we're called to as Christians. This is how we fight that mindset. As Micah 6, 8 says in the message, but he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. At the beginning of this summer for Pentecost, everybody got one of these. He was here at the beginning of the summer, a little pinwheel that has bright colored flowers. The idea was to be aware of the spirit moving uh, as the way the wind moved or your breath moved, um, your pinwheel, um, and for the colors to be representative of mosaic and to remind you of the church as we're scattered everywhere. And I do know that some of your pinwheels may be lost at this point. Some of them have succumbed to the, um, the weather elements as you've put them outside. But I still think this pinwheel sums up this idea that we see in the scripture. We started this summer with the reminder of the Spirit of God moving in new ways in our world. The Spirit of God continues to move. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, a kind of freedom we can't find anywhere else. May you live tasty and lit up lives, whatever that means for you today, so that you can continue to bring out the God colors of the world, as the message said. Whether it's in the streets protesting, in our places of work, in our homes, in our families, let's be salt and light as we call people to a bigger faith, a bigger God, and a bigger freedom. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you that you are a bigger God um, than what we can get our minds around. What more than what any denomination or church or political party can claim. God, we thank you that you are at work in our world, calling us to be salt and light, calling us to be tasty and lit up in in all of the dark places, wherever they are. Help us to have eyes to see it and a heart that cares, a heart of compassion to make a change in this world. God, help us Help us to never make you so small so that we can understand you. But help us to live into the bigness that you keep calling us to while knowing you are present right where we are. We ask all this in your name. Amen.